Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. It's Dave Plyer here on 720 WGN. Glad you could be with us on this Friday night. Music icon Herb Alpert, he's back in town. He is 88 years old. And I don't know about any of you out there, but my dad had that whipped cream and other delights uh, record in his collection that we played all the time. I probably just wanted to see the picture, but I got to enjoy the music, too. Well, he is back on stage in Chicago at the Vic Theater both Saturday and Sunday. We're going to talk about his amazing career later in this hour. Plus, comedian Tommy Dreesen, he's back in town, uh, and he's back in town actually tonight and Sunday, and we'll talk to him about his upcoming shows as well. But first, okay, the actors and writers strike is reportedly costing the industry an estimated $3 billion to date, with films and TV shows delayed indefinitely. So the one magazine that generations always look forward to getting when it was this time of year, fall season, fall preview issue of TV Guide, the magazine turned 70 this year. But with no season even in the works, we thought we'd invite Wally Pedrazic. Uh He's the author of Watching TV. He's a TV historian, and he's joining us in the studio. How are you, Wally? I'm fine. Um, with no TV to talk about, let's talk about TV. Yeah, I know. <laughs> on the radio. Let's yes. do it on the radio. You know, let's talk about that tradition. You know, 70 years old, really gone by. I know TV Guide is still out there. It's not really... There's some gridded listings, but it's really more stories. It's almost like a people magazine of television these days. Well, actually, actually it's a cross. Uh, Yes, it is mostly, if you flip through an issue, stories to help you sort through everything that's out there. That's fair. Because it's far beyond just the three broadcast networks. But if you really want to see a grid, the... Three quarters of the magazine is grids. Yeah, it it's is. It's just that there are so many channels to grid. All that you get is pretty much the prime time hours. And then you go, and it's like three words. Like, right. That's true. I know. But I would rather just go on my TV, direct TV, whatever, and just go to the channel and find guide and figure out what's on, right? I mean, most people anyway. Well, I would say part of the joy of TV is having a destination. Yeah. And so uh, when you're talking about the uh, the writer's strike and the actor's strike affecting what's filling those hours, those hours are still being filled. And so people do find the destinations. At this point, they're still drawing on pre-strike productions that are playing That's true. out. Because, uh, for instance, one of my favorite shows currently is Only Murders in the Building, it, it, but it's not Steve a broadcast. Martin, Martin Short, yeah. Exactly. Same with the morning show, Apple TV, yeah, I think exactly. is premiering. Those are already week. done. Yeah. You know, th- those are in the can, ready to go uh, months back. And so they are playing out. Um, and in effect, they are embracing what used to be the early fall Premieres. It's true because it's only it's it's, true. It's it's only about ten week epi- uh, ten weeks worth of uh, episodes, and they're about two thirds of the way in. So right now you're in a traditional fall. I was looking forward to the return of this show. The show was back in August, which is close yeah. enough, and so I've got my uh, I've got my fall kicked off. Well, it depends on how it's delivered too. So if it's actually releasing a show at a time, that's one thing. If it's all of a sudden it's all at once, I'm watching it probably all 
over a two-day period, and I'm blowing it anyway. But when I'm doing that, I'm not looking at a TV guide for that. So we're really kind of almost saying when we're it's the 70th anniversary, it's that little digest version, I think, that a sure. lot of generations grew up sure. with that we're talking about. And, and for, for TV guide, it really was uh, – you would get the fall preview issue mm-hmm. as a youngin, yeah. <laughs> and you would youngin. circle two categories. One would be, I wonder what this new show I've never heard of, because there was no anywhere near as much uh, pop culture coverage back then. But then the other thing you're looking for is the return of your favorites. Right. When do they come back? What's uh, season four of... of, of uh, Tokens Heroes, uh, <laughs> Dukes of Hazard, whatever is coming round, and you say, "Oh, yeah, I can't wait till I see that." And you you begin to uh, connect the dots with yeah. your memories of last time with what's being offered then. And TV Guide was special because you couldn't instantly call up everything. But here in Chicago, three networks, and that's all you had for really new programming: Channel Nine, Thirty Two, uh, Channel Forty Four. At the time, it was all reruns. I mean, you knew it was reruns, but. What I would look for in the grid, because, again, only three channels, what two shows that I'm watching right now have switched nights and now I can only pick one of them because there weren't VCRs. I'm really dating myself, but there weren't VCRs. There wasn't DVR or anything else. You kind of had to pick and choose where you were going to go. And that, for most of America, whatever they were watching, chose the fate, really, of that show. Uh, Exactly. And uh, the only ones uh, that would survive, uh, say, America's Choice is if they had someone intervening, like William Paley saying, well, we're going to put Gunsmoke on no matter what, because I want to see Gunsmoke on my network. And so we're going to uh, continue to pick it up. But yeah, TV Guide would be the way, and I'd, I'd love the size of TV Guide. Back then. Back then, because it was not just a magazine. It was, it was a digest size. It was like Reader's Digest, TV Guide. Uh, those two, uh, shapes meant that they were distinctively on your coffee table and you knew exactly where to go to find out what's on tonight, what's coming on the rest of the week. There's a great Fred Silverman interview from uh, the American Museum, Museum of American Television. I think mm-hmm. is what it is. The interviews, the archive interviews. And he talks about, you can get into his head. He just died a couple of years ago, but he ran. He was. He actually worked at WGN and created Family Classics and all kinds of stuff. And then he went to ABC and oh, it was CBS, CBS, ABC, ABC and then NBC. NBC right. Did the triple header. And he talked about when he first got to CBS, and he said, "Okay, you know, this all in the family. You know, it's been tested over at ABC. Do we put it on the air?" And he goes. There was one night that I just put all the dogs on, and it was before the rural purge when they get rid of the Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres and all that stuff. And he said, okay, um, I'm going to put – he says this out. He's like, my three son is is like – it's on fumes. We're going to put that on on Tuesday nights. We're going to shove this Sandy Duncan piece of garbage in – like they took one night as a garbage can, and then they created this Saturday night of All in the Family and all those other great shows, the Jeffersons. Um, which, by the way, Saturday night means nothing to TV networks anymore. Well, well, basically any night of the week means nothing to TV networks because that's one of the changes. It's a continuing stream, and I don't mean just streaming. It's just right. a continuing flow of programming. 847 uh, is testing us who was on the first cover of TV Guide, so let's go get back to that. It was 1953. It was Lucy and Desi's son, Desi Arnaz Jr., 
around the time that she was pregnant on TV. And, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the famous, because that was the uh, kickoff issue, and their first uh, fall preview issue didn't come until, obviously, the fall. Right. Because that was uh, in the uh, spring, basically. Lucy's $50 million baby, yeah. it was called. Um, she was on the cover 39 times. That was oh. the longest running. She was on 39 times. Johnny Carson... Uh, was 28 times, and then tied at 27 was Michael Landon and Mary Tyler Moore. So- and, and in all of those cases, you have a multiple, uh, well, certainly with uh, Michael Landon and Mary Tyler Moore, you have multiple series. series. Uh, same thing with Lucy. Johnny Carson, well, that was Johnny. So That's true. First issue was 15 cents. The last digest, digest size was 249 And I think now you can get it for like five bucks, I guess, the magazine in all of this. I have the first cover. And I know, it, you know, that's probably the most valuable one. And I thought it'd be worth more. But it's like you see it online for like 2800 mm-hmm. 3500 For some reason, I thought the first from 70 years ago. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but again, we only had a bunch of networks, uh, three networks. There were... Uh, television sets in 20 million households back in 19, um, 1953, uh, representing 44% of American homes. Now, now we've got TV everywhere, of course, right. and, and, and in your fact, phone that, that, and your that, iPad, and you can get everything everywhere. That, that's what was happening during that first decade of, of TV Guide, is it's going from it's not in every home to it is in every home. That's very true. The, this, this TV in some way. Set, in delivered some way. in some way, streaming yes. and so forth. Well, there is no fall TV season, and does it even matter? Wally Pedrazic will be back to answer that question right next on 720 WGN. All right, Wally Pedrazic, author of Watching TV, is back with us. We are talking about the absence of any new fall TV programming, no movies in production to speak of, a fall season of reality projects and reruns, really, right? Well, yeah, actually, though, it is striking that the number one uh, program, uh, primetime program on TV, is back as usual. Because the number one program for about the last decade in primetime TV is Sunday Night Football. Oh, yeah. Hello. And yeah, so, it's an easy one. And, but, but basically, that shows you where TV can draw from, even in the absence of new scripted series. 16 years ago, when we had our last strike, is when um, Survivor and some of these other shows came out of that. And obviously, it's still top-rated today, but you know, do you need writers? To a degree, you do. I mean, you're just not going to go wing it. But here's what I found interesting. Um, Bill Maher is coming back. The View never went off the air which I could have done without that show. Drew Barrymore, The Talk, Jennifer Hudson, all ready to go back on the air. I mean, there's nothing on. You know, people are going to find other things to do and other things to watch. That's an issue. And and that's really the challenge that it's not just the actors and writers facing it, but it is the industry as a whole. Because watch out what you wish for, because when you get it, you may not like the result. And the result is by having so much material available it lessens the specialness of catching any one show yeah and the specialness going back to the very beginning of tv history in the uh tv guide and beyond is that's what they were selling you want to see this. You just read about it on the cover yeah. of TV Guide. You want to see it. In order to see it, you've got to sit through these commercials. Well, guess what? You still have to sit through commercials mm-hmm. if you're looking through streaming. But, but for a while, there was this, I can get it anytime I want. It started with VCRs. 
Uh, cable introduced uh, many more opportunities to tune into something. And with streaming, even if you can't skip the ads, you nonetheless can drop it in pretty much any time you want, which pretty much allows you to skip the ads because it's fitting your time schedule. See, I think theatrical movies and streaming, you can stretch out what inventory they have of new programming. Sure. But TV, you don't have any late-night talk shows. You don't have any daytime stuff. The soap operas are gone if anyone's watching those anymore. But there's nothing new that's out there. And as I said, I think the biggest issue is going to be is like if they go back to work, and who knows when it is. Well, let's say it's January. I want to find something else to do with my evenings. And it, it might not be coming back to what I was watching before. And I think ratings in general on network TV it, it might take a hit. And it's also sort of an echo of what we went through with COVID, which is that's when uh, households really discovered streaming. Yeah, that's because true. I need to fill a lot more hours than I usually would fill watching media. And look, I can see all the episodes of blank. Yeah. And then you would, you would literally, before people talked about binging, now they really were binging. Well, somebody just said they're, they're watching suits. You know, I know that's a big thing. Re-binging that. Yes. yes. 815 sends a text, dude, I don't know if they're talking to you or me, dude, the, when the Pope came to Chicago, uh, John Paul II, Pope John Paul, I have that TV guide. 708, remember when George Costanza's dad on Seinfeld was looking for his TV guide? Because then they'd someone take it out of the house yeah, and, it, and because, it screwed up his collection? Because it was a very, well, of course, it's my collection. How, how could you do what you did uh, to, to my collection? Uh, and people who collect TV guide, uh, um, my writing partner, Harry Castleman, has all the fall previews going back to the, uh, wow. the first fall preview. Wow. And uh, I, I was never quite that dedicated. But um, what's great for a historian, a great for a researcher, when I'm doing my uh, teaching at the University of Illinois at Chicago, I do history of TV uh, course actually this semester. Um, and one of the beautiful aspects of TV Guide in its golden days is they would have detailed descriptions oh, yeah. of particular episodes and oh, such. Yeah. So it's not just two words and that's the that's the entry. You would be able to see, oh, they're doing the first rerun of this particular yeah. story that took Very it to true. such and such. So so here's something I'm going to get in the weeds on and then we're going to okay. have to take a break to the news. But there's, so I was looking at this, there's no one inside of resolving the strike, you know, because in the writers walked out in May, July was the actor but they haven't actually sat down to a bargaining table. The actors haven't. The writers have, and they rejected something in August. There has been nothing with the actors. So what are we waiting for? And here's the issue. So Fran Drescher, the nanny, she's the SAG president right now, okay? And they represent about 160,000 people. And there's only about 2 or 3% of that 160,000 that have made their millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so those are the people that we're seeing on the picket lines, but it is the 125, 30,000 people that are financially strapped. I mean, unless they're waiting tables, which you do in Hollywood and finding some jobs, I mean, they're really struggling right now. Like, you know, you look at, you know, Wayne the Rock Johnson, uh, $270 million last year. Tom Cruise made $100 million just with the new Top Gun movie because uh, he got a cut of the ticket sales. But you have all these other people that are losing their homes, bankruptcies. So, you know, I'm glad these actors want to stand for the rights, the millionaires that are always on TV doing it, but they could probably survive this, not the other actors that are in SAG, that because this could go on for five, six months. Well, the problem is if they just... 
fold it up and said, well, okay, whatever you want to give I us, then they have to survive that. That's true. And what they're facing is a declining revenue for particular shows. And uh, once you have uh, – basically, here's what happened. If you subscribe to a streaming service, you're actually not subscribing in your mind to a particular show. And so – the sometimes you are though sometimes you are yeah, but let's yeah. just say in general what you're doing is you're you're subscribing to a service which means you've got to work extra hard from the writers and the actors point of view to lock in how you're getting a return from that because if you're getting a return from a streaming you might be getting a check for 13 cents instead know, of 13 dollars that's true but they also want a bigger cut of streaming, and we're going to have to take a well, break yes. this. But let me tell you, I, I've got all, and we'll talk about this after the break. Like Disney, their streaming lost $512 million in the most recent quarter. Oh, yeah. Nobody's yeah. made, like Netflix is struck. Like everybody no, no, is struggling. Netflix is the one who figured out how to do it, and everyone's trying to right. emulate them. It's like podcasting. But... No one's making money on podcasting. Yes, unless, unless exactly. You're 10 people in all of this. Um, All right, we're going to take a quick break, do the news, more with Wally after this on 720 WGN. And we are talking to Wally Pedrazic about the fall TV season, 70th anniversary of TV Guide, where we're at with the strike. So we were talking about streaming a little bit right now because part of the strike issues, you know, they want a little bit more out of streaming, but you can't get any blood from a stone and that's really what streaming is it's kind of like podcasting like you you can't there's very few people that make money on podcasting so let me just go through this first hang on disney streaming operation lost 512 million in the most recent quarter when Dis, uh when since it launched they've lost more than 11 billion and 11.7 million subscribers and that's why abc is up for sale and that's why Nextstar, our parent company is looking to buy abc which is pretty cool um Comcast owned Peacock lost 2.5 billion in 2022 and expects to lose 3 billion this year. Paramount streaming service Pluto Paramount Plus lost 511 million in the first quarter of this year after losing almost 600 million in the sec- uh, the last quarter of last year. Warner Brothers Discovery lost 1.8 million subscribers in the 3 months following the launch of Max. This past July Netflix shares recorded their second worst day of the year losing nearly 18 billion dollars in value how does anybody make money on that there's an answer to the problem or a description of the problem comes from an uh fx network ceo uh john uh, landgraf this was back in uh, 2015 he said there is simply too much television and that is the, the, the nub of it. it yeah. It's not just a question of choice. When you say They're, television, you're saying television, we're streaming, talking about everything. Everything yeah. out there yeah. because there is not enough advertising dollars or underwriting or what have you to sustain them. And the reason you've seen these losses is because at first they were acting as if there were. Yeah. And so they were treating streaming like, oh, it's like cable. Yeah. Or it's like, without realizing that cable was almost the perfect delivery system for covering your costs because you had a monthly bill that was not a little bill. Yeah. And it, the, uh, the, the money for, uh, the individual channels went to the individual channels, even the ones you didn't watch. And that was the beauty of that formula. Uh, I don't like to predict what's going to happen in the future, but 
I'll take a flyer and say some variant of this is going to have to settle in in the streaming world. Some combination of the way cable used to be set up, uh, clusters of channels, because too many people are discovering, wait, I don't want to subscribe to these five, these six, these seven. Oh, I'm going through it right now. I'm doing it right now. And I have cable. streamers. Or I have direct TV. Yeah. And so now say, can we, oh, here's an idea. Let's consolidate them and subscribe to a service that gives me multiple multiple channels, and then that's how you can start getting a recompense to the creators, to the providers, um, kind of like what cable used to do. And this is confusing to every generation, but an older generation, like, okay, you're going to get Roku, or you're going to get this, or you're going to get that. Like, I have a neighbor of mine across the street, knows I work for radio, but said, I can't get the WGN Morning News on my DirecTV, and I will tell you, you know, you have to fight for, you know, what you're worth and, you know, they don't want to pay it. Well, then we're going to pull your I mean, it's not they're making, you know, us out to be the bad guys, which we aren't. Someone's got to be the bad guy, I guess, in all of this. But, you know, I put an antenna in my room and in the and downstairs for, you know, 20 bucks each and I can get the WGN morning news. So, you know, there's other ways to get that delivery. Somebody texted 217. Gentlemen, how is it that Apple TV is airing season three of the morning show? Well, like as we said, it's done already. Right. It, it, it's in the can. And in fact, there was a lot of production. They were kind of rushing. They're months out, usually, yeah, months in out production. They yeah. knew that this was going to be possibly a situation that they faced. Yeah, they rushed them out. And, and yeah. by the way, as you look at the uh, the schedule, you're, you're going to see a lot of produced in other countries material, or you're going to see stuff that was for instance, uh, Yellow, Yellowstone uh, moving from cable to reruns on broadcast TV. On CBS. On CBS. Uh, same corporate uh, owner. So that's yeah. why it was a, a smooth transition. At 830, because you can't put an hour of streaming with no commercials on a commercial station. So you got to put it on for an hour and a half. And you know, I, you know, I was, we we're talking off air. I put a like disclaimer on my Nikki Glazer interview for radio last week. Like, I can't imagine that they wouldn't be doing that throughout every commercial break. Like, this show is intended for mature. Like, I don't even know how you cut out half that stuff. It's it's constant f- language and some nudity and everything else. But it'll air and on violence. CBS. and violence, yes. severe violence. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's why people liked it on cable because they chose to tune in that particular rendering yeah. of the old west very true uh i'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about there's lists all over okay. um uh the web on the best tv shows of all time right and people are rediscovering older shows right now also you know maybe not as far back as hazel but they're we're looking at some other shows and so i'm looking at lists and I, you you know what generation created the list with like out of a top 100 like number 11's dawson's creek it's really not not at well, top. You, know, you know that was a really special okay. growing up no, experience yeah. it was it was okay so there's freaks and geeks and my so-called life and all that other yeah. stuff too but what was number one on most of the lists? And, and I, maybe you can see my screen over here. But like, what is what do you what do you think is number one? The number one TV show of all time, and it's hit a bunch of respected lists. Well, I just cheated and looked. You did. You did. But the, uh, I could certainly make that case, which is the Sopranos. The Sopranos, and, and that's. Well, because of the violence, because of the language, but mostly because of the storytelling and acting. Yeah. It, it is just superbly. In fact, again, to, to reference my, my class at UIC, we, we were just talking about the Sopranos finale. And I said, look, 
ordinarily this would be a spoiler, but I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to play this uh, the end of the last episode. I haven't spoiled anything in the yeah, whole rest no, of the series because no, no. people still don't know what it is. But it led to a great discussion. I love that for another generation looking back at, at oh, shows yeah. like this. Yeah. I, I taught a class at Marquette, I think you knew, like years ago. And there was... Um, we were talking about television advertising, and I was playing commercials from different eras and explaining the purpose of them and why they're a minute long and what is the end game and what are they trying to sell and so forth. And the Kool-Aid guy ran through, and they all laughed, and they were all talking amongst one another. I'm like, like, why is that? How did they know? And then I realized the picture of the Kool-Aid guy runs through Family Guy episodes, like through the back window and everything, and that's how it, you know, it's a, a newer generation. Um, Simpsons, uh, number two on this sure. list. Sure, uh, if only for longevity. 750 episodes. One of the be- best parts about when they broke the record of Gunsmoke, because that was the previous <laughs> record. Right. Uh, Which the, was like 600 in some episodes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the opening sequence was, I think it was uh, Maggie faced off against Matt Dillon in the <laughs> opening shootout, and, and, and she won. I love that. I love that. But in, I don't know. Is it get tiring? What was this? How did the Simpsons uh, hit the airways? You know, the trivia question you know this like oh they, they, they were a, a special uh feature within the tracy ullman show it was a variety all co- right on fox it was a little cartoon yeah and in fact when you look at some of those early ones you go yeah they, they, they had a lot of work ahead it of was them. an early stage very yes. early stage uh, the wire is also listed in the top 10 um the twilight zone that amazes me. I don't care what decade I am uh, in terms of the generations of students, and I start going through the whole history of television. They love the Twilight Zone. Yeah. They know Brilliant. the Twilight Zone. Brilliant. You know, the space stuff I never got into, but more the horror. And oh, the, yeah, the yeah. horror, the, th- the thoughtful uh, tales. Yeah. Um, Band of Brothers is in a top 10 on a okay. lot of lists. Yeah, I could see Limited that. Limited series. Um, Better Call Saul has already kind of jumped up to that. Yeah, and, and actually, um, for some folks who uh, loved Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul did the impossible and is more admired in some circles uh, than the original Breaking Bad. It's it, interesting. It, yeah, it's, interesting. they managed to figure out how to do a prequel that worked. Uh, Seinfeld is definitely on this list, one of the top shows. And I will tell you, somebody on Seinfeld was mad. Uh, Friends is listed in there uh, as a top 10 show. The Mary Tyler Moore Show, uh, top 10. Mad Men. Yeah, Mad Men is, is, is fascinating because it, it is both a great show in itself and it gives you a, uh, entree into, uh, 1960s television. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. MASH, of course. I'm, I'm now I'm going to top 20. MASH, Breaking Bad. There's your Breaking mm-hmm. Bad there. The Larry Sanders show. I would definitely put it up there. Yeah, uh, brilliantly conceived and you probably didn't know how how accurate it was until a lot of the tell-alls started coming out about uh, behind the scenes of late night. Cheers, uh, Twin Peaks, uh, Lost. I don't know if I put Lost, Lost. I wouldn't put up there. Yeah, Twin Peaks, either, I yeah. would. Okay. Um, what about Frasier? You Game mentioned of Thrones. Uh, I'm not going to mention that one. Uh, Veep is in there. Mm-hmm. I Love Lucy. Finally, Finally top 20, yes. I Love Lucy. Curb Your Enthusiasm, now I'm going into the the 30s, Saturday Night Live, 24, The Office, Succession, um, Star Trek, uh, now now we're getting into weird stuff, West Wing, Schitt's Creek, uh, that was the last (laughs) name of a family, I can say that, Um, (laughs) uh, Deadwood, uh, Monty Python, uh, 
yeah, I'm I'm not seeing Frazier anytime soon here. Mm. Um, in living, Co- the Cosby Show, Six Feet Under, they were great shows. Set yeah. aside what was for going for on. for their eras. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, where are we at in watching TV? What version are we at? What well, edition? Right now, if you w- went on and ordered a copy, it would be uh, the third edition. But my writing partner and I are currently working on a fourth edition, uh, targeted for next year. Adding 10 more seasons, because it's a season-by-season tale, and all these things we've been talking about, we've had to deal with in terms of the change from broadcasting to cable to streaming to whatever's next. Wally Pedrazic, watching TV by the book. It is a fabulous book. Thanks, buddy. Thank you.